fasting is um, in the Bible is normally associated with prayer. We talk about praying and fasting. Uh, it is a, a companion to a deeper, a more concentrated time of prayer. I would like to greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Praise be to him, for he has given us life, and he has also given us eternal life in Christ Jesus. We are privileged this morning to once again meet together at the feet of Jesus to hear his word, to learn from it, to be built by it. In these very challenging times, the word of God is the one and only which is able to fully satisfy us and to sustain us. Let us listen to our Lord and be careful to do what he teaches us to do. Uh, as we open our Bible this morning, uh, let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for yet another opportunity to, med to hear your word, to, to meditate upon it, and to seek to put it into practice by your grace with the help of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. <clears throat> Amen. Now, friends, we, we are carrying on in our study on the Mount, Someone on the Mount. We are still in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 6. And um, we have done with prayer. Now we are looking at the whole practice of fasting. And our reading, therefore, is Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 to 18. Matthew 6, verses 16 to 18. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have been, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Amen. Praise the Lord. That is the word of the Lord. Now, what is fasting? In its simplest form or meaning, it, 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 it just means abstention from food. Fasting may be total abstention from food and water or any other nourishment, or it could be partial 
abstention in which case one can have a meal maybe in the morning and then skip lunch uh, maybe and, and then dinner or skip lunch and have dinner or just have one meal a day or just have a drink and um, not me not not no solid food as one uh, feels called to do fasting may take a long period or a short period, or sh short periods of time. Now, since there is no eating during the night as we sleep, uh, people have re re regarded this as fasting, actually. That's why the first meal of the day is called breakfast. All it means is that now the first meal of the day breaks the fast or the previous night. Now fasting is a common practice among uh, various religious groups and it, has been, and it has existed over the centuries. The Jews were among those who practiced fasting, regular fasting. But the question is why fast at all? Why abstain from food, even though food is available? Why fast at all? Now, fasting was, was I mean, did happen, um, as I'm just saying, was practiced in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And in order to ask this question, why fast at all, uh, I think it is good that we, 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 we take a, a, I mean, a, a quick review of how it was done and how it was done in, the, in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. So um, biblical fasting means occasional abstinence from food for religious reasons. Fasting is um, in the Bible is normally associated with prayer. We talk about praying and fasting. Uh, it is a, a companion to a deeper, a more concentrated time of prayer. But uh, people in, 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 the, in, in, the, in the Old Testament uh, especially, and both Testament actually, did fast for all manner of other reasons, but the principal one is in order to be, you know, you know closer and experience uh, um, uh, God in a deeper manner than, than for, for particular reasons, uh, some of which we shall look at uh, now. So fasting was practiced for the sake of self-control. So fasting as a practice of self-control is what we are looking at now. Fasting involves self-denial. It helps to put our bodily appetites under control. The Bible teaches us against greed and overindulgence. I imagine that this is the reason why Jesus taught about fasting soon after teaching about food. In other words, because the food is available and God has made available to us plenty of food, at least most of us, there are some without food, but, but because food is available doesn't mean you must eat all of it or overindulge, you know? 
In the book of Proverbs, we are warned against gluttony in these words. Put a knife to your throat if you possess a great appetite or if you, if you are given to gluttony. Uh, uh, Proverbs 23 verse 2. Self-control, on the other hand, is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, we read in the book of Ephesians, do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You get that in Ephesians 5.18. Now, fasting teaches the discipline of denying ourselves for the sake of prayer. It says, wait and do not insist on instant gratification. Two, there is fasting for a special encounter with God. Now the first reference to fasting in the Bible is in Exodus chapter 34 verse 28. And this is the occasion when Moses was alone on the mountain for 40 days and night when he ate nothing and drank nothing. And that time, that is the time when Moses received the Ten Commandments and, and, and recorded it on the tablets. That is the time when he received the laws that were going to govern the, the nation of Israel that was being established and all the regulations about food, about worship. He received instruction about the building of the, of the tabernacle and, 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 the, and the covenant box and all those things. You know, in other words, it, 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 it was a kind of a code of laws and regulations that regulated the life of Israel from that time henceforth. And let me tell you, my friends, that these laws and these codes have influenced the world, the making of constitutions and laws in the world ever since that time. That's why we talk about the Judeo-Christian legal system and, 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 and all that and all that. So this encounter with God, this responsibility that God was bestowing upon Moses was, was, was enormously huge and humanly impossible. And so Moses needed, during that period, in order for a closer and deeper, you know, I mean, concentration and experience of, of God. He needed to be in control of all his faculties. Food would have distracted him. And so he, for the days and nights, he was there without food. Now, during this period, uh, you know, Moses was, you know, covered. In, the, in, the, in that glorious, uh, you know, presence of God that I, I'm, I'm not sure anybody else has had that experience. So he fasted for that reason. And uh, the other reason for fasting is, as a, is, is to have fasting as a solemn sign of humility. That is in order to humble ourselves before God. You know, we have this manner and this habit of, you know, marching uh, into God's presence um, with all manner of self-confidence, sometimes even arrogance, demanding, ordering God around, asking him questions and there. But we are called 
to enter into God's presence with humility. Fasting is a solemn sign of humility. My dear friends, we err when we march into God's presence with, uh, with, with arrogance, you know, making demands and giving orders to God and asking all manner of questions. The Bible teaches, enter into God's presence with confidence, for sure, but with fear and trembling. God is awesome. His presence is awesome. Now God instructed Moses, instructed Moses that on the, I mean, there, there was to be a fast in Israel once a year on the Day of Atonement when all the sins of the people were going to be, uh, to, to be forgiven. And so people were called to stop eating on that day and to cease all manner of work and all manner of activities and to purify themselves and then to appear before the Lord with fasting so that God may forgive their sins. This was to be a terribly solemn occasion that required to be observed with absolute humility. In the rest of the Old Testament, fasting and humbling oneself are used actually interchangeably or as synonyms. Check, check uh, for instance, Psalms number 35, verse 13, Isaiah 58, 3 and 5. Furthermore, fasting um, is practiced also as a sign of grief or mourning. And when faced with danger, for instance, uh, we know that, um, and, or when disaster struck, uh, the people of Israel uh, did, uh, used to take a day of fasting and praying and crying to God in repentance. In Judges, when Israel was defeated by the Philistines, they wept and fasted from morning till evening and offered sacrifices to God as well. Judges 20, 26. And also during the period of Israel, at the time of Esther, you know, when the king ordered the Jews to be exterminated, um, you know, after being deceived by the evil man, uh, uh, you know, who was the enemy of the, of the Jews, uh, Haman, they fasted and cried to God. And Esther herself, before she entered to see the king, in order to inter in intervene on, the on, on behalf of the Jews, she fasted and asked other people, including her maids, to fast with her. So this, 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 this was a time of danger. This was a time of danger, and people needed to fast in order to plead and to cry, you know, with the sorrow um, and the repentance uh, uh, before God. And other people also in the Bible fasted, David fasted, Job fasted, Hannah fasted for a baby, and the psalmists, psalmists, I mean many of them, um, indicate that uh, they, 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 did, they did fast. Then there's fasting also as a sign of repentance and seeking forgiveness. Usually happened, this usually happened, when people were ashamed after a period of sinning and rebelling against God, Israel used to sometimes come to, to, to their senses and, become, and feel the shame of having behaved 
so badly in the presence of their God. And so they would come together and, 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 um, and, um, and repent uh, communally. Um, I have already mentioned that, but uh, let me give you this example of Nehemiah. He assembled, uh, you know, the people together, and they came with fasting, with sackcloth and ashes, and they stood and confessed their sins before the Lord. We know, I mean, we know, we know the story of Jonah. When he warned uh, Nineveh that God was coming to destroy them in 40 days, they declared a fast, which included even the animals. And, and, and God saw their humility, their self-humbling, and he, he did not bring the disaster he had threatened. So he forgave them. Then there's fasting in order to share with the underprivileged. Uh, in the book of in the book of Isaiah chapter 48, God rebukes the people of Jerusalem for holding fasts that were nothing but hypocritical. They were like the Pharisees. They ate and they drank and they made merry, and then they offered a God's uh, you know uh, fasting when they were still living in their luxuries. When they were oppressing their workers and sometimes not even paying their wages. When they ignored the widows and the orphans. And God says, is that the kind of fasting I want? For people to look somber and, and, and make themselves look miserable before me? Is that the kind of fasting I, need, I want? No, God says the kind of fasting I want is for you to stop oppressing your workers. I want you to feed the hungry and, 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 and clothe them and, 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 um, and house those who have no houses. Do justice. Do justice. That is the kind of fasting that God desires. Isaiah 58, I said, verses 6 and 7. Then there is fasting for the coming, of, I mean, to, 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 to pray for the soon coming of Jesus Christ. Let's straight away take an example from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 6 to 38. When Jesus was presented at the temple uh, as a baby, uh, there was a lady called a uh, prophetess called Anna. She had been widowed young, and for a long, long time, till she was eight years, she did nothing else but pray and fast for the coming of the Messiah. And when Jesus was presented at the temple, Anna was there. And she came and looked at Jesus and said, wow, the Messiah has come. He said, he started, she said things about this child Jesus that meant only one thing. This is the Messiah. God has heard my prayers. I have been vindicated for my fasting and my praying. You know, now friends, the la one of the last words Jesus said is I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when it is ready, I'll come back to you and take, with, take you with me that I may take you where I am, that you may be where I am. And so our work, our work here on earth is to wait for the coming of the Lord. But when he comes, we don't know. It was just like the Jews waiting for their Messiah. They didn't know whether he would come. And so they spent time praying and fasting for the coming of the Messiah. Now, secondly... 
uh, Jesus commanded us to go into the world and preach the gospel to the nations. This is a humanly impossible task. It is much more like Moses on the mountain or Moses being sent to Pharaoh to tell him, let my people go. There are pharaohs all over the world. We are telling them, let my people go, that they may worship the true God of heaven. So for those two reasons, the coming of Jesus and the work he has committed us to do, surely, surely, my friends, there's, there's reason for a deeper encounter with God. There's a reason for humility before God. There's reason for abstaining from food so that we can concentrate in prayer and, and, and pleading for the unsaved, for the sick, for the poor and the needy, and also for the coming of the Lord. Come, Lord Jesus, we miss you. Come quickly, we need you. Come, come. My friends, these are just a few examples of why people fasted in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. But I think they are enough to make a strong case why, why we ourselves should also adopt this practice of fasting. But there's much more. Jesus, when he taught his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount, in chapter 6, verse 16 to 18, the one we have read, began, when he taught about, after he has taught about prayer, he also taught about fasting with these words. When you fast, not if you fast, but when you fast. This is not the Old Testament. This is New Testament. This is his church he is talking to. And he says, when you, my church, fast. When you, my followers, fast. Now in the scripture this morning, Jesus begins with these words, when you fast. Jesus therefore expected his disciples to fast. The Pharisees fasted. Jesus fasted. John the Baptist and his disciples fasted. But in fact, on, on one occasion, the, John's disciples came and said to Jesus, why is it that we fast and the Pharisees fast, but you don't fast? And Jesus told them, it is because I am like a bridegroom. You don't, you don't fast when the bridegroom is with you, but he will be taken away and then they can fast. And so, so Jesus expected his disciples to fast. And as you'll see shortly, the church actually, of the, in, the, in the early church, fasted uh, as a practice, as a Christian practice. But let me say here that uh, the only concern that Jesus expressed at that time was that Christians should not practice their fasting like the hypocrites, like the Pharisees. That was his one and, 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 and only concern that he wanted them, first of all, he said, do not pray like the hypocrites, and then do not fast like the hypocrites. He wanted Christian uh, prayer, prayer and fasting to be guided by the words he taught in the Sermon on the Mount. But now as the Jews performed righteous acts, such as giving to the needy and prayer in order to be seen by men and to be praised by men, so also do they do their fasting in order to be seen and praised by men. They put ashes on their faces 
and looked miserable so that the others could see that they were indeed fasting. Their purpose was to gain praise from men, not from God. Jesus wants that the praise of men was all the reward they ever get. And so if we do as they did, we should not expect any result, any rewards from God, only from the men and the women we try to impress. Jesus does not want Christians to fast like that. When you fast, he says, do not look somber as the hypocrites do because they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. And, 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 and Jesus says they have been rewarded. But when you fast, only the Father should know. Look no more. Behave normally. Do not attract attention to yourself. Put oil on your head. Wash your face. You know, wear some fresh clothes and put a smile on your face and God will reward you. There should be no uh, publicity involved in, in our prayer and, 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 uh, and in our fasting. Um, and, and, and therefore Christian fasting should be, should be done, undertaken in, in, in absolute humility and in secret and rewarded by God. Fasting in the early church is going to give us an example of what happened after Christ had taught the disciples how to pray. How to pray and how to fast. Now we have noted that Jesus did not only expect his followers to fast, but that he gave instructions how they should fast. The New Testament reveals that the early church maintained the tradition of regular fasting or at least fasting in when they were confronted by danger or opposition or other issues. The Antioch church, for instance, when they were called by the Holy Spirit to, to nominate Paul and, and, and Barnabas to go out on their first mission, they were praying and fasting. And after the Holy Spirit had, spoke, had spoken, they prayed and fasted again. Then they sent uh, uh, Paul and, 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 and Barnabas on, on, on their way. Um, you know, um, then when Paul and Barnabas, during their missionary uh, journeys, whenever they opened a new church, they would pray and fast when they appointed the elders of those churches. And those two lessons, uh, two of those examples, for me, are, are sufficient. So lesson, and the question one asks, therefore, is this, is it, why is it that um, um, the, the, the as evangelical Protestants don't seem to pay much attention to fasting? I have never, in all my life, been taught anywhere uh, in the church, for instance, um, except in workshops and seminars. Not in the church, and even the seminars are not, are not the ones conducted by your church, but have never been taught about fasting. But by God's grace, it is all available in the Bible, so we can learn from there, if nowhere else. So my friends, even if your church does not 
teach about fasting. Even the people in your church do not practice. If your leaders don't care about prayer and fasting, the responsibility is yours. Jesus has committed to you through his servants this written word. And this is our teacher, the Holy Spirit and the word. So do what the Father, the Jesus says. Yes, our leaders are important, but when they become negligent, reckless, when they ignore the Bible, much of the Bible and teach only a few lessons here and there, you know, when they only say what is convenient and, and leave the rest of the Bible untouched, then it's up to you, my friends, to take your Bible and start from Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And up, read it up to the book of Revelation. And seek the help of the Holy Spirit to do what the Bible teaches. So in the Old Testament, we have seen that um, testament, I mean, fasting was required by law at least once a year, one day in a year. But people choose to fast on their own for different reasons, some of which we have seen. And now, fasting is not uh, commanded in the Old Testament for sure, but Jesus did fast at the beginning of ministry. And, and he taught his disciples how to, how to fast. And the disciples, when they went on missions, they prayed. And when they were threatened or found issues, they prayed and fasted. So the question is, is it that we don't have work to do? Is it that we don't have any challenges? Is it that we don't desire any special encounter with God, a closer encounter with God, a deeper relationship, a clearer revelation of, you know, uh, about things? Is it that we don't miss Jesus? Why don't we pray and fast for his coming? Why don't we pray and fast for his church? to grow and expand and take the gospel to the nations. Why don't we pray and fast for the unsaved that they may hear the word of the Lord and give their life to Jesus? Why we have, Jesus has given us his kingdom to manage it, to, to, represent it, to represent it here on earth. We are his ambassadors. We are his spokespeople. If we don't pray and fast, my friends, who will do it for you or for me? Right? Are we waiting for command from, 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 from heaven? Now you must pray and fast. No, my friends, the choice is yours and mine. But as we make our choice, let us remember this. Jesus says, many are called, but few are chosen. May God bless you to make a decision that has eternal value. Amen. Praise the Lord. There is no doubt left to me that you would want your church to be more involved in a deeper way in the work that you do, that you send them to do, that you desire a closer relationship with us, your children but we choose to keep away from you and only speak in a casual manner 
sometimes from a distance. Father, help us to be focused on our Lord Jesus Christ and all those before us who ran and finished the race which has marked out for us. Help us not allow ourselves to be distracted by the things that surround us, but to maintain our focus on you and run this race until we finish it, looking at that crown of gold, the crown of life that awaits all those who complete successfully, as Paul says he did. I praise you, O oh God, for speaking to us. And now pray for your Holy Spirit to come upon us and help us to put what you have learned into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. Music